Jesus, as we have the gospel today, is the eternal word of God. His life didn't begin in Bethlehem. He's been from all eternity. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So his life didn't start at Bethlehem, didn't start nine months early when he conceived, when Mary at the Annunciation. There was never a time when the eternal word of God did not exist. Jesus famously says in John's Gospel at one point, he said, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So what happens here is if Jesus' life doesn't begin at Christmas, what really happens? The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The eternal Word of God became an actual flesh and blood human being. As we say in the Creed, he lived and died in a, as one of us. He suffered everything we suffer. He had all the joys, all the pains, everything we experience in life, including death, he suffered. The eternal Word of God became an actual human being. And sometimes I, I joke and say we sometimes talk about Jesus' life as though his humanity was an internship. You know, he was God and he took this on and he got better. And Jesus joined his humanity to us forever. Jesus has not ceased to be a human being. A human being sits at the right hand of God. He has joined his, his faith to ours inextricably forever. That's, the story. That's why Timothy, Paul says to Timothy, who's the one mediator between God and man? The man, Jesus Christ. So God has actually tied his fate to ours in a way that can't be broken. Jesus is truly God and truly man, distinct but inseparable. You know, we have a symbol that you might have noticed in our Eucharistic liturgy, is you might wonder why they pour water into the wine. And there's actually a prayer that goes with it you never hear. It's the, by the mystery of this water and wine may we come to share in the divinity of Christ who humbled himself to share in our humanity. It's once you pour water into wine, you can't take it out. They're inextricably mixed forever. Once Jesus became human, he remains human at the right hand of God and man forever. Now why is that joining, that, that joining of God and man together forever a real source of joy to us. Well, let me tell you a story I'm pretty sure you'll never hear again as a Christmas story. Okay, it's a story. I love diaries and journals because very often what happens is people, when they come back, they sort of put a narrative on their life and they see things in the light of what happened. But with a journal or something, you actually see what people think at the time. And a journal I like is from a German couple, Victor and Eva Klepperer. Okay, and I just... It, the guy is really, he's a, uh, a professor in what would be a German equivalent of a community college. He loves his job. And what you hear in the, in, the, in the diaries and things, he talks about the things, how they save money for a car, how he's a terribly bad driver, he keeps running off the road, uh, he couldn't get used to it, uh, how he and his wife save and save by this tiny little house. They build a tiny little house that they just love. Well, so far, so good. But a lot of people read these diaries. Why? because he got the diaries as a New Year gift on January 1st, 1933. And this is a German couple. At the end of that month, Hitler comes to power. And he keeps all these diaries faithfully, almost, he's very compulsive, almost day after day, we walk through, because 
what makes them particularly interesting, not just walking through that regime, but they were at the focus point of the persecution of the Jews. So we actually see people day by day as their lives shrink around them. So what we have is, at the very start, first of all, he starts losing students. It becomes very unpopular to go to his classes. So people stop signing up for his classes. Then he eventually loses his job. Then they lose most of their friends. It's a real hassle to be associated with people like this. Uh, you get called in from the police and they sort of hassle you while you're hanging around with these people. So they find most of their friends leave them. He, they lose their car. Jews aren't allowed, allowed to own cars, so they lose their car. And what's really heart-wrenching, Ava loved that house. They lost their little house and they were put into a, a slum. And it was uh, terrible because people could just steal at will. People would come and raid the house and steal at will. And one thing that really gets, my, gets me is he had saved a few of his... He's a professor of literature at this college. He had saved a few of his literature books, and Jews weren't allowed to own books except from Jewish authors. So somebody once noticed in the raids when they were stealing things, what are these doing here? And took his books. So what happens is this goes all the way on to the early 1945. In February of 1945 they finally get a deportation notice that they're going to be sent off to a camp. And they report on the night of February 13th, they're at the station waiting for the train, and something happens. That's the night that Dresden is firebombed. Incendiary bombs, 3,900 tons of incendiary, things that were designed to cause fires, to just light up the city, burn the city to the ground. It was utter chaos. Nothing like it had quite happened. And so in all the chaos, what happens is the guards walk away. And everyone there, sitting next to the railway tracks, what do you do? So they take off their coats, and they walk away and join the tens of thousands of refugees who are leaving. And happy note, months later, after all this, all this adventure, you come and they come back to their little house, and it's still standing. And they resume their life. Now, why is this a Christmas story? Did I mention that Ava wasn't Jewish? No, she wasn't Jewish. He was a secular Jew, actually converted. He became a, a nominal Lutheran years ago before the Nazis came to power. She could have walked away from this at any time she wanted. She was encouraged to do so. They had laws. They encouraged her to walk away, to divorce her husband. She wouldn't budge. Her fate was tied to his, no matter what happened, if it meant losing the car, the house, the job, the friends, even to the point of going, she wasn't going anywhere except with him. Her lot was completely joined to his. You know, it's a, there's a, one, one of the things that Jews most like talking about Moses as the classic, you know, uh, father of Israel is they call him the one who stood in the breach, from Psalm 106. Because there's a point in chapter 32 of the book of uh, Exodus. Remember how the Jews were always, and the Israelites in the desert, were always whining and mumbling, often criticizing Moses. And so God comes at a particularly bad moment and he says, Look, I've had it with them. Why don't I take and make you a great nation? We'll leave them aside and we'll just focus on you. And Moses says no. Moses refuses to have his faith separated from Israel. That's why Israel celebrates in this day as the one who stood in the breach, who would not be separated. So the irony is that Ava, who had nothing Jewish about her at all, is a true daughter of Israel. 
she would not be separated if it meant going to a camp. She would not leave her husband. Now imagine another version of that story. Imagine if Eva married Victor after the Nazis came to power. In full knowledge, this came, she had been already married for a long time. Before they came to power, after they came to power, she had married him in full knowledge of what this meant, that it would be nothing but going through nothing but misery and suffering and death. Well, we know what that story is. That's called the story of Jesus. Because what happens with Jesus, what happens on Christmas, is God, the immortal God beyond death, life itself, became a mortal, suffering human being in every way like us. He lived and died. He would not have his fate. He tied the fate of God and our fate together inextricably. He would not let us go anywhere where he would not go. We would never be alone. He would be with us regardless, all the way through death. Again, in the face of the curse of death, the great I Am made himself a mortal human being just like us, so we would not have to face death alone. But there's more. That might seem like solidarity. There's much more. You know, we often see, we often have incidents up here. You notice with the candles, a candle will go out or something. They'll try to sneak off and relight it like this had been a challenge with our adventry. Because the smallest little breeze will put the candle out. So imagine a mighty bonfire. Because even a breeze is not going to put out a bonfire. A mighty bonfire and a candle next to it. And if the candle goes out with a tiny breeze. It's not going to put out the bonfire, but the bonfire's flames will relight the candle. This is the story of Jesus' resurrection. He was truly God and truly man, absolutely inextricable. So when the human being, Jesus, dies, the divine, sex, eternally begotten Son of God is the bonfire that relights that candle forever. That's the story of the resurrection. But there's more. This changes everything for us, too. You see, Jesus joined his, his, his divinity to our humanity. If we join ourselves to Jesus, which is our invitation, we are exactly in that same position. When our, moment, when our candle goes out at our death, the, the divine life of Jesus relights that candle forever in eternal life, just as Jesus. We are bound forever Thanks to that. That's the bonfire of his divinity. That's why Paul says, he says, if we've been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. That's why Peter teaches, he's granted us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. So one of the church fathers said, he, became, he shared in our humanity so we could share in his divinity forever. That's why we celebrate Christmas. Now, Christmas is a time of remembrance, but you bear with me. I've said this many times before. The word remember means something different in the Bible than we think of. We think of remembrance, oh, yes, or vague looking back. When it says God remembered Sarah, God remembered Israel, it doesn't mean, some, oh, what have I forgotten? It means that God takes action on a past promise that the promise and its fulfillment are united. That's what remembrance is. And that's what we do on Christmas Day. We remember this isn't something that happened 2,000 years ago. This is something that happens right now with us when we join our lives to Jesus. This is something we actually participate in. 
So let us pray this day for the grace that as heaven and earth met and joined at Bethlehem inseparably 2,000 years ago, that heaven and earth will meet in each one of us this day as we join our lives with Jesus. Merry Christmas.